The following podcast contains adult language and themes. Listener discretion is advised. What comes to mind when you hear baby boomer? How about someone in Gen X? What do you think when you hear someone's a millennial? How about Generation Z? These generational identities span more than 50 years and make up almost the entirety of all adults in the U.S. today. Each generation is defined by events, art and pop culture, and the societal norms in that small snapshot of time. After all, we're the products of our environments. But what are your views on each of these generations? Do you perpetuate the stereotypes? Are they valid? Are there positive lessons you can glean while you mind the generation gap? All of this and more from our multi-generational panel today on the Going There podcast. time to look outside of yourself and your own struggles and gain some new perspectives because these folks are going there taboo topics are back on the table all right thank you so much everybody for tuning in as you can see i have a very diverse panel with me here today especially age-wise i mean peter just turned 29 and it's funny we're all 29 it's crazy um we're gonna be talking about generations but before we get into the meat of it, let's introduce ourselves, starting with Peter. Oh, age before beauty, right? Exactly, All yeah. Right. Well, I'm Peter, and I'm an actor. I met Matt Working, and I'm a boomer. I'm Tamika Shelburne. I am a nurse, and I own uh, a home health care agency, and I'm also a business coach. I'm 49 years old. I'm a Gen Xer. We'll, we'll bleep 49. <laughs> Well, you guys know me. I'm your host, Matt Pallotta, and I am a Xennial or Cusper, and we'll get into what that is here in a little bit. I am Brittany Crawl. I am a marketing professional, and I am a millennial, but I did just turn 29 in March, so. So she actually is 29. We, it's so weird. We all just turned 29 around the same time. It's, it's crazy. amazing. <laughs> My name's Patrick, and I'm an actor, and I guess a Gen Zer. He's a Gen Zer, folks. Yes, like. <laughs> and we just, That's we had thing. to all research, like, what's the new generation? I think it's Generation <laughs> a, alpha. alpha. Oh, is it? Well, I'm like, are we starting over? We might have to. On the moon, Generation <laughs> Alpha will continue us on. I have some information that I'm going to share about each generation, and I've pulled sources from everything from time and parade and psychology today. But before I get into the crux of that, what I wanted to talk about was, I think each generation, when they see the ones that come after them, and I remember being a kid and everyone's like, oh, these idiots. And then you get older and you look over and you're like, oh, these idiots. They don't know shit. They think they invented art and they think they invented sex. And then we start looking at the older generations like, oh, these assholes. Like they really made life hard for us. So the part of the conversation is trying to bridge those gaps because oftentimes in our communities, we seem to stick with people around our age, right? Like we're more comfortable. Yeah. We all kind of grew up in the same digital universe, whatever place and time that was. I think to kind of learn to respect and understand people from the different brackets, I think we first need to talk about what they are. So let's start with, what do you guys think of 
when you hear somebody is a boomer? I was just going to say pretty cool guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go ahead. Sex machine. I think of resourceful. Um, I think of my grandparents. (laughs) I think of somebody that doesn't need Google Maps or Google nowadays. They're very still cool, I believe. Wow, that's that's a lot nicer than I was expecting. Jeez, me too. <laughs> I I honestly love the boomer generation because they have a personality not like any other generation. They don't take anyone's shit, and they don't care to say it that way. Hmm. Pat, what do you think? My first thought was someone just yelling, saying, get off my lawn. <laughs> get off, you little bastards. That was Peter my first was great thought. in Gran Torino. He was my favorite. <laughs> he was my favorite role he's ever done. Tamika, how about you? When you hear boomer? I think of people moving here from the south and working at the Ford plant and retiring and driving Cadillacs and Lincolns. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to show my prejudice right now. And it's it's a gut reaction. But when I hear boomer, I don't think of Peter. I don't think of even my parents sometimes. I think of this person who's stuck in their time, who's angry about change, who's a little bigoted, a little chauvinistic, a little racist at times, but tries to make, tries to like, you know, justify it. Well, you just don't understand. I'm from a different time. I'm obviously, I'm saying it out loud because I think it's important to actually talk about it. This is the Going There podcast, right? I don't actually think everyone is like that in the generation. Um, Before I let Peter kind of explain his generation for us, I do want to share that, you know, the baby boomers, they were the first generation of all time to start seeing super high divorce rates. And so there was a lot of problems because they were born into this post-World War II optimism. Uh, There were 76 million of you. The generations that came right before the boomers were really small. You're coming out of the Great Depression. People were not trying to have kids. Um, I really wish people were having that same mindset a little bit these days, (laughs) feel like we're overpopulated. Uh, Yeah, and it might get worse. And what I really appreciate about them, though, is so today we had a call time. Peter was 10 minutes early, and I expect that every single time. My millennials and my Xers. We knew Peter was going to be early. (laughs) They came right when I thought there's a reason I scheduled it when I did, knowing everybody's going to be 15 minutes late and almost to the T. You were number two, though. The Xer was only like three minutes late, but they all did let me know ahead of time. What I'll say is the respect for being on time, the general respect for like how you act in public Mm -hmm. and the communication skills of boomers are my favorite. When I text or email Peter, I get confirmation. There is no ambiguity in his response. He spelled everything correctly. And everything spelled correctly. And it's very, very warm regards. Gen Z, I'm like, I don't even know if I just had a conversation with you. And it's not you, Pat, it's just Gen Z. Peter. How do you view your generation? And how do you view yourself within that generation? Well, you never warned me this was going to be a quiz, but... Uh, and <laughs> There it, is a right answer. Uh, okay. And most of it was what you kind of said in your opening, but we, we came out, out of parents who just came out of the war. And um, my dad uh, was mid-Pacific at VJ Day. They turned his convoy around and he raced me back to Brooklyn. Um, he won. But uh, 
he was a guy who who said there is a right and a wrong um, and that you will be on time and that you know things matter and what you say matters and that's how I was formed uh, eldest of uh, five sons uh, yeah Catholic family why do you ask uh, because, because that's the way things were done and um, that is probably I would say this is how it's always been done is the motto of the boomer. 100%. Yes, it was, it was indeed. Whether it was get married or buy your first car, it was indeed for me. Get married uh, to the girl you've been dating all that time. Whoever sold you the car, and, just no, no, make it a twofer. And, and, no, no, no. And then, and then bought my first new... It wasn't that time. doesn't matter. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. No, not at that time. You better dress like a woman then. Bought my, my first car, and then uh, for me... It was uh, military service because That's what you, uh, did. you had given me four years to get my college education. Thank you very much. And now you know, I, I, I did one job interview in my junior and senior year of college uh, because I knew I had a job, at least for a couple of years. And your assumption was going to be whatever, wherever I start, I'm going to end there. I'm going to die in that well, chair. Dad, you know, I did not go interview when I got out of military, oh, actually when, well, when I got home from uh, from school, because I did have a few months in there, so I, I damn well better find a job. Um, I did not interview at the company that I ended up working at because my dad had worked there for decades, and I wasn't going to work where daddy worked. Uh, I want to get a job on my own, but um, circumstance, that was still the best place for me to, to, to go to work. The, but that you do the things that are the right things to do. And we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but like the boomer generation was very much like live to work, not work-life balance, none of that bullshit. No, it, it, stuff you guys invented. Yeah, exactly. You also, I think, respected what your parents' wishes were a lot more um, back oh, then. Oh, absolutely. Your parents' opinion um, would mattered much more than it does nowadays. Uh, There's yes. much more of a sense of respect for the elder generation. Yep, for sure. So why is there less respect for the older generation? Why do you value what your parents say less? I honestly believe um, media and technology has helped that along. So just the simple access to any type of information you possibly need, you now think you know best, you know all. I think it's the access to information, honestly. But that is absolutely true. It's almost too easy at times. The, the access to information is the difference between our generations and your generations. All the same, you know, activities that you guys do, we did all the same experiences are happening. It's just that you have access to everybody else's experience, which gives you a different perspective of your experience. That, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. The younger generations, they're digital natives, so they're born into something where you already have all of this information, and they've actually learned to become more savvy media consumers where, they under, where their media literacy skills are higher than the average person in the older higher generation. Higher than their real yes. life experience. I will disagree well, yes. a little bit for millennials, though, um, which we'll get into that when you ask the millennial question. Well, no, go ahead and say it. Um, so my, so me and my father have had this discussion as well before of we grew up with not as much technolo technology as you would think. I played outside every day. My first cell phone was 
the first mainstream. We had the first, my age group had the first mainstream. You guys had the first first, which was big and ugly and didn't really work well. My first His phone- His name is Peter, stop calling him names. <laughs> my first phone was a flip phone. It was a little gray flip phone. We didn't have smartphones. I mean, we right. had the first mainstream. So I had Sega. I couldn't play online with my friends when I was a kid. It's, you guys, a lot of gener older generations don't realize that we millennials- Millennials less so than Gen yes. Z. Gen, oh, Z. Gen Z were born into. You guys were 100% born <laughs> sure. into, yeah. But I feel like millennials paved that path for the Gen Zs to come into. Absolutely. So, well, and you made the comment earlier about, you know, we were born into different digital ages. Yeah. No, excuse me. I was still working on a stone tablet that I was carving. <laughs> you know. So we had, we had no media. Yeah. You know, we had no digital he media. He etched that, the Ten Commandments, and we can't stop thanking him enough for that. Tell your story, but not yet. <laughs> um, Peter, do you have a rebuttal for my, for my candid thoughts on your generation? My apprehension sometimes when somebody's like, well, you're going to be working with this guy. He's a boomer. And I go, well, shit. Is he going to be trying to tell me how times were better when there weren't gay people running around and, you know. Let me, let me make an observation that um, I, I ran an, an advertising business my entire freaking career. And I would go into clients with uh, an, an ad concept and um, off, usually to people older than I, you know, back then, uh, there were actually people older than I, so just be quiet over there. <laughs> but I go in with an ad concept and say, here's what you should do. Here's what we should do for you. And invariably, I get the question, sooner or later would come out, do you think anybody could possibly take that wrong or be offended by that? And my answer was, God, I hope so. Because as a, you're a marketing professional, you're going to nod to yes to this. If I'm not doing something that um, has the possibility of, of offending somebody, I'm going to do something that is so safe that everybody's going to sleep through it. It'd be pure garbage. You'll catch it, no attention. It, it'd be so bland that it would be unnoticeable. Yeah. Okay, so, and, and the way I would address that is human beings are from way over here to way over there. Absolutely. And, and, I, and that's going to com come out today uh, because we already... We've already seen that in the first three minutes here. But so therefore, any comment about, well, boomers are this or gens are that or eh, is fraught with peril because any stereotype is, is going to be and, and, and there's, that's all. And, and there's part of the problem. And that and that, of course, is and I agree 100 percent. That of and course I know is, you do. These are all based on stereotypes. Sure. And, and that's why I think it's important, though, to talk through what your gut instinct is. And I think that's the 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 beauty and the wonder of what's going to happen here today is that we're going to start with a stereotype and then find out things. And this is why you're not the prototypical boomer. <laughs> well, sorry about that. You know, but but yes, um, because. I've already sort of struggled, uh, snuggled into your, the answer to your question because I am my father. And I already had made some comments about my father, whom I love and who was a, a dear, dear man. Um, we are all a product of our parents yeah. because um, in, in one of the gazillion hours I've spent in therapy in my life, uh, a, a very uh, knowledgeable counselor once said, uh, Humans don't have the instincts of the other animals. 
uh, robins, no, and squirrels, no, uh, humans, humans, we're born absolutely defenseless and um, everything, and with no instincts of our own. We, everything we know and, and become, uh, we are taught by the giants in our lives. When we're this long, we have some sense that if that giant doesn't take care of me, I will die. I will lay here in my poop, I will have nothing to eat, and I will die. So yeah. consequently, we... And what the boomers had that I think some of the other generations didn't have was hope and faith that that was the case, that I can lean on this giant and they're going to take care of me. Yes, yeah. they will. And I think as we start to talk down the line, mm -hmm. there's less and less of that. Well, we'll see where that goes. I but don't believe that. <laughs> see? No. The, well, the Xers... I mean, how many 30-year-olds live at home? So many. So many. Too many. Right. So are are they really <laughs> becoming more independent and less reliant on us? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think in I don't think independent was the word I was going for. They're still dependent, but they lose their faith. They need mom and dad, but they want to disrespect them. Every I was day. gonna say, yeah. how do you there lose faith when you're living in yeah. the lavish comforts? <laughs> my, of their... my little brother tends to do some of those things. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna beat up on them in a little bit. <laughs> We're talking about cynicism. That's a great segue into Gen X. Gen X was the first generation to see their parents getting divorced at a really high rate, unlike ever before, mostly because culturally it wasn't accepted before. What do you think of when you hear, oh, they're, they're a Gen Xer? Think of drugs. Yeah. And drugs. Yeah, I think of free spirits that kind of got crushed by the corporate world at one point. But, but they gave up on a lot of stuff that was important. Like what? Uh, some of the value of tradition mm -hmm. and the respect for uh, what has worked for a long, long time. When, when they joined the workforce, largely boomers saw them as a lazy bunch. Mm -hmm. They didn't see them as having that same grit that they had, that they were raised on. I feel like the Gen Xers and then the Gen Zers are also the trendsetters. I do feel like there's so much that has gone on within a Gen X's lifetime that they are the true trendsetters. Um, my lifetime, I was born in 93, has been based off of them, the 90s styles moving in. I don't think the millennials have been trendsetters now. It's the Gen Zs. You are absolutely right, and I was going to say that. Yeah. The, the, the shift um, between boomers and Gen why? What is it? Gen Y. Gen yeah. Y. <laughs> we made that transformation. Technology, culture, yes. um, fashion, even entrepreneurship, um, just everything. You were the guinea pigs. You guys were very much that because the boomers were just a more like optimistic, happy version of their parents' generation where X became this very different, they were the emo kid in the corner listening to The Cure going like, fuck you, dad, you know? Not in my house, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like they were but the Vanessa would have been like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, good and bad. And I am probably equal X as I am Y as a cusper. So the, the things that I love about it, and even you as a millennial experienced some of this, we were the latchkey kids. I mean, you went out till dark. You didn't come home until like you had to be home. There was less concern about it, yes. but the world was changing at a faster rate. While yes. your major life events, mm. I mean, you had the hippie movement and you had obviously Vietnam and you had some of those things. Yeah. 
I mean, they lived through the AIDS epidemic. They lived through the Ronald crack. Reagan presidency. Sorry, uh, crack. crack. They lived through. <laughs> Don't forget that. <laughs> they they lived through like the end of the Cold War, yeah. and I mean, I feel like, and now as we start talking down the lines, more and more and more. How would you say that you define Gen X? Like she said, trendsetters. We. Um, you guys invented MTV. Everything. Shit. The internet, <laughs> cell phones, like you said. Yeah. Um, Went to space. I mean. Everything. <laughs> everything. Mm-hmm. Music changed. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing how quickly as well. Because I feel like nowadays from 2010, from 2000 to 2020, it's changed a lot enough. But I feel like from the 60s to the 70s to the 80s to the 90s, each decade was very different from the one before. Yeah. It was almost yeah. like they were trying to rebel against what their parents had set up for them. Well, Gen Xers were, the, I mean, they're known as the rebels. They're known yeah. as the, the ones who were the first ones to stop listening to mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Actually, who went opposite did a 180 from yeah. mom and dad. Mm-hmm. not only stop listening but turn it around yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but at the same time i'm sorry gen x you helped create some of our issues see i'm a millennial right now Such as. So, come on over it's okay um <laughs> the the workforce while gen x went went into the workforce and made some positive changes mm-hmm. the things that they didn't change or why the workforce is so tough for the younger generations to navigate today they were the last real generation to not have crippling student loan debt. Yes. And some of the issues that were created, I'm Who sorry. Who does not have crippling student loan debt? <laughs> generation X, typically, okay. prototypical. You can call in today to help Tamika pay off her loan debt at Cash 1-800. I'll throw mine in there too. <laughs> uh, Gen X, typically, I mean, when you look at yeah. college rates and, and, and higher education rates, then versus now. We're not talking dollars, we're talking percentages. Well, what did you go to college later in your life? I went to college right out of high school. Okay. That was another thing that was different from boomers. We were encouraged to go to school at all costs. Go to school, go to school, even if you didn't know what you wanted to to study. And that's, that's what turned into that supply and demand issue created the issue for the millennials where they were still pushing us in like the Xers. But the cost and the, and the living and all of these things started going up. And that four-year degree turned into a six-year degree yes. when you really boiled it down. Mm-hmm. And you as a nurse, that's why, you know, you had to spend more time in school than the average Well, Gen I became Xer. a nurse later in life. I was a um, communication major in a personal and organizational, which was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go into communication. Organizational and interpersonal communications, not yeah. this kind of communications. It was not a mistake because, you know, communication is important yeah. in whatever field you're in. But it's tough to get a job when it you go is. into and when and you over. It's very broad. Going to yeah. college as an underprivileged person or somebody who is not rich, you can't afford to get right. luxury de- degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to yeah. get something. And, and the a, problem was, as a cusper, especially like I'm right in between you guys, like, Everybody was told you're going to college. When I told my parents and my guidance counselor, mm-hmm. I don't want to go to college, people scratch their heads. I, right. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're smart. Uh, I'm glad I eventually went, but I'm also really glad I didn't go right out of high school. Mm-hmm. I would have failed out immediately. I feel like also it's been a necessity for the younger generations to go to college because nowadays you cannot get a basic job without a piece of paper, without a specific degree. Yeah. So, yeah, most jobs are it technology really related. Doesn't matter how related. well you can do that job if you don't have that degree or that piece of paper, they will not even acknowledge you. Pat, 
uh, are you in college? Did you go to college? I did. Where'd you go? I went to Tri-C in the Metro campus. Got associate's degree for audio engineering. Oh, he should be a crew. What was he doing up here on the mic? <laughs> let, let him finish out, and then you can hire him afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Kid needs a job. Priorities. <laughs> so were you pushed to go to school? Was it, was it agreed upon, like, you're going to get a degree? Yeah, most of my family members didn't. My father went to the military right when he got out of high school. Uh, my mom went to college later on. And so it was very encouraged. A lot of family members on both my sides, they either didn't go to college or they didn't graduate high school. So it was, that was very important. Like my mom pushed it. Like, I just want you to go to college. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. Just get a degree, you know. I think that was um, a big thing in black households, especially uh, my parents are boomers, and they really didn't go to college. Their parents definitely did not go to college. My grandfather dropped out of school in the third grade. He was born in 1910. He dropped out of school in the third grade so that he could work. <laughs> One of the things that defines a generation is its music. And we're just excited to help promote what's happening in the now. Worth It Purchase is our musician spotlight of this episode. They're a modern band with a classic folksy sound, featuring the talents of Nicole Rowe and Omar Akrush. The West Coast duo met on SoundCloud in 2015 and have been collaborating ever since, despite rarely living in the same city. Their debut, Dizzy Age, was self-produced in 2020 and recorded in The Tiny Telephone in San Francisco. With the recent addition of their longtime collaborator, Eric Van Thine, the trio spent the pandemic refining their intimate and diaristic take on songwriting. Truth Telling, their sophomore LP, was released on August 5th, 2022, with Anxiety Blanket Records and Centris City. Moving into the next part, I'm a, I'm a cusper, like I said. We're a micro-generation between X and Y because, as you guys are talking about, things keep changing at such a rapid pace. We're right at that middle ground. I graduated high school in 2000. We, I mean, we were right there at the turn of the millennium, but we were still born. I was still born in the early 80s. I still, so I kind of had two childhoods. I had the kind of like the Gen X childhood, very much like the Wonder Years kind of feel, mm -hmm. and then I had the, oh, I have the internet. And I, I, I think I say this in every episode. I'm just going to say it again. I am so happy I didn't grow up with the internet. Me I would have been too. thrown in prison Terrible. by now. The Terrible. shit I would have said, the shit I would have said. And we'll talk about how the generations from there have kind of learned from our mistakes, watching us like say the dumbest shit, uh, thinking that it's, it's all anonymous. No, 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 no. 
when I went into the workforce, people would start complaining about millennials. And I, didn't, I never realized I was even considered a millennial <laughs> until probably in my 30s. I was like, I always thought I was gen, because I grew up watching MTV and they're like, you know, we're Generation X. Mm -hmm. I always assumed I was Gen X. And I, I really do believe I'm, I'm about half and half. I, some of my, uh, I don't know, I guess my digital usage is more like a millennial and I can be a little too tied to my phone, but also like I very much still appreciate, like I'd rather have a phone call with somebody if it's important and not a text. And I don't think your general average millennial or Z, it's mm -hmm. like, why are you calling me? What is that? <laughs> I, yeah, Pat. It depends. I do prefer the phone calls, but it, it depends on the person. My if daughter will look at her you. phone and not answer it because somebody is calling her. Have you ever called her, her when she's when you can see her and she doesn't know you can she see her? She's not answering my calls. I pay her phone bill. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, she. No, she don't have like that it depends. <laughs> like if it's someone I'm close to, I prefer phone calls. If I don't know you like that, I'm sticking to texting. That's not like a... That explains why it's so hard to get a hold of you, Pat. <laughs> you don't know him like that. <laughs> you don't truly fully communicate via text. I mean, you can lose context. Oh, you, you mistype no, you words. Lose, lose the context. Context. I mean, how do you have yeah. an yeah. actual conversation via text? I think it depends mm, on the yeah. conversation, too. If it's more serious and I'm mad, I'm going to call yeah. you. Right. Yeah. But if it's not that serious, I guess. You can have long text conversations. Ooh, child, if I see a person. text longer than about this, I don't even read it. Oh, no, but then, then it goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> because you never get it handled in the first text. So you got to come I back with more information and then you counter so that. Get, get off my lawn. Right. Get off my phone. <laughs> can we make a meme out of that, please? No. Get off my phone. So I got divorced like right after 30, I think I was about 31. And when I went back into the dating pool, the game was very different from my early twenties. And no one wanted to talk. They just wanted to text. And half of them, I'm like, are you even literate? Like, I don't even know what you're saying. I, I, I had to learn what all of the acronyms and everything were. Like, I just hated it so much. And now I've probably trended more that way. I think as society, we've all kind of accepted texting, but I taught it. I taught at Kent State University in communications and journalism for about a decade. And I'd get papers with OMG and LOL, like in an essay. And so what I'm going to say is as much as I, I have bashed the older generations throughout this. We were right. Thanks. There, I <laughs> there is a right way. <laughs> like I communicate like, like a Gen X or a boomer far more. And I appreciate it. I, I get follow up. I get confirmation. The vagueness isn't there. Like you said, you can't have, I'll be like, here's an example. No one actually did this. I'm just going to say right now, no one actually did this. Peter, we're going to be doing a podcast recording 3 p.m. on Thursday. I will be there. I Just to repeat, 3 p.m. Thursday, there. If I text a, a Gen Z or not Pat, hey, and then be like, cool. What the fuck is cool? I don't know what? what's cool. You could be drinking a beer. You could be sitting by the air conditioning. I hate it so much. I'm sorry. Your guys' communication styles are terrible. And I'm sorry. This is a good segue into millennials. You guys started this trend of shit communication. Ours are better, at least. Like, the ones nowadays make no sense. Like Because like, you started the shit. Like, y'all start. No. Like, ours are OMG. We had just made longer things shorter. Where They're just making new words nowadays. Right. No. Words. It's not cool. <laughs> no. She said we made long things shorter. Yeah, like, OMG means oh, my God. You know, like, my little brother says big bet. 
what does that mean? Oh, God. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> well, bet is like, okay, got you. you Me and my friends, okay. we say it all the time, like, hey, we're going out. All right, bet. Like, it's yeah, just- No cap. That is actually yeah. longer yeah. than the word, okay, no cap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. The best is the people who introduce me some of this are like Gen Xers and boomers who are probably misusing it and I just have to laugh. <laughs> so, so when I jo joined the workforce, they're talking about these millennials coming up and millennials <laughs> had this terrible reputation of being so lazy. Like Gen Xers were seen as lazy by the boomers, but like more like they don't live to work. Yes. They started introducing that work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Millennials are far more interested, yeah. you know, data in shows, <laughs> in the balance of like, I work a job that's part of my life. It needs mm -hmm. to fit into my life. And I will say that's where I actually fit into the millennials. I own my own company. I, I, I am unemployable. You heard it here, LinkedIn. <laughs> I am unemployable because now I like, I don't like the nine to five. I hate the idea of butts and seats. Butts and seats, to be there, to be there, no, 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 no. And, and that's a good change from the way some of the things that I lived with. Oh, great. So let, let's talk about that for a minute. When you hear millennial, what do you think? What do you think as a Gen Zer? Because I think of millennials as like kids, but you're looking at them as like old fogies. <laughs> oh, wait, do you know what a fogie is? So a fogie is... <laughs> <laughs> what do I think of millennials? Oh, golly. See, I it's feel like <laughs> they try to bring like old terms to golly. Yeah. Like, mm hmm. I heard you. Well, you invented it. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, like no, the I generation. Did. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> no, I think I think he was doing a good burn there. That was that was low key burn. I, I feel like the Gen Zs or Gen Xers are really trying their hardest or Zs, whatever the hell you guys are, to bring back the old stuff. Like it's cool to have vintage things nowadays and to bring back bell bottoms. Knock it off. <laughs> God, get off my lawn, Pat. Jeez. So, Pat, do you see millennials as kind of like old? No. Okay. They're well, just... you're also an older Gen Z, but still. Yeah, I guess on the cusp. Yeah, you're a cusper in that sense. Some people say I'm a late millennial. Some say I'm an early Gen yeah. Z. I never really gave a damn, but for the <laughs> that, sake of the That defines your generation like, for sure. I mean, you can't really tell the difference now. I mean, my sister is a millennial, but she's in her early 30s, but people think she's 23. Mm -hmm. So you, she, you know what I'm saying? You can't really tell Are the difference. Are her habits different than yours? Are her communication styles different? Like, how do you, if somebody's like, hey, I want you to meet my friend, but they're a millennial, just so you know. Like, what, <laughs> what, what goes through your mind if you hear that? I don't really know. Like, like I said, it's hard to tell that difference you know because we were so close to one another and yeah even though i grew up with the internet they got on the internet just as Pretty you young, know yeah whereas for older generations like my mother it's hard for her to work a phone or like hey how i do this how i do that you know sort of deal <laughs> but you know we can work technology easy so it's really hard to really define it because we're that close to one another as much as a listener in a different generation might see that as a non-answer i totally get that because i have somebody who works on the show running that camera over there andrew and he's on the cusp as well he was born right around the same time as you and i think while he certainly sees differences i don't think he sees a major difference right between mm -hmm. himself and the co-workers like yeah. most of their habits are pretty pretty much it's the subtle same. 
It's just subtle differences. And he just motioned to say Gen Z is way better than the millennials. (laughs) Um, Peter, what do you think of when you hear millennial? Um, I like the... (laughs) Everyone thinks that you're so fragile that they can't answer it. I like that they take up space and they breathe. It's great. I like that they're alive. They're here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. She has a heartbeat. It's fantastic. L- liveliness kind of plays into that. I, I do like the you know the spirit and the enthusiasm and the um, the energy, you know that I think in general that that generation has. The other side is, I, I spoke earlier about uh, a certain disrespect that I that that has progressed through the gens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I said certain people, uh, you know, lost some respect for some of the things that were important to my parents. While millennials have opened up the door to progress and, and positive change in the world, mm-hmm. and even some of our communication styles where they, they had to teach Gen Z how to text when they were babies, right? <laughs> um, they lost some of the things that I think were really valuable with the older generations. Respect is one of them. And it's not necessarily respect, but context of respect. And the millennials started going into the workforce and in the service industry, people would say, when a customer comes in, you need to say thank you or you're welcome. And they'd say, no problem. And they'd be like, that's disrespectful. It's not. They mean the same thing, but it's also being aware of who you're talking to. There is is some subtlety in this that that has, has been lost. Uh, over the over the generations, and um, and I think that's part of what the the general terror that I have for the way we communicate with each other anymore uh, comes from. We've lost some of this um, ability to have some sensitivity to nuance and um, an undertone and, and context. And I think that hurts us. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that has brought us to the point where now in general, communication is, is, is almost so divisive that, that we, you know, we got serious issues, yeah. in, 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 certainly in this country, but worldwide. Tamika, what do you think of these punk ass kids? <laughs> Ooh, don't get me started. Okay, no. so. so millennial, I mean, because you were in the workforce and you started seeing this younger generation well, coming out. I have you. not really been in the workforce okay. too much because for the most part, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've, you know, had a few jobs and I was considered the lazy one, but that's because I'm unemployable like you. <laughs> yeah, but get that. I have children in both of these generations and there is a difference. Um, my oldest daughter is like 10 years older than my youngest daughter. So my oldest daughter in, in her and her generation, I see a, um, almost like a feeling of entitlement. Yeah. Um, time called them the me, me, me generation. Yeah. And, and it is a lot our fault because, you know, when I was little, I I could get a whooping for yeah. Any given reason, okay? So I went on my way to get them, but that <laughs> right. I know me. you whooped plenty of ass. Well, maybe a little bit. I hope to be that guy one day who a woman looks at and goes, "I know you whipped a bunch of ass." <laughs> I, know you did. I 
just got God out of line. Right I wasn't scared to give him a little well. tapping. Now, I'm not saying that that does not have its place, but. When millennials started becoming parents, they're like, we're not going to spank our child. Exactly. And that was a big As much. shift in generations yes, and was. in cultural yes, norms. Yes, it was. Right? Now, I didn't go overboard because I did spank my kids. Hell yeah. But I did not spank them without talking to them first. Is that why spanking's a big thing now and like kinks is because this generation wasn't spanked enough? That's exactly why. <laughs> now. Check, my, please. My now younger daughter who is in the X or what generation is that? Why? I don't know, but I'm just so happy we Z, got to the bottom of the spanking. Know, she's Z, your ex. Yeah. Well, she is Y. She's 21. She just had a, a child. She's a Z. Okay, well, she's a Z. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she is on this gentle parenting yeah. Tip, and I am in total disagreement with that. I've got a niece. I got a niece that's, that's, that's no. It, it breeds that weakness and it breeds false expectations of how people are going to treat you. And I love that she said that because not that I necessarily agree, but that every Gen X parent, especially non-white, has said the exact same thing. I believe that. There's, I believe that. There's there's been you know the wussification of America that has been right. talked about in parenting. I'm on the fence between the two because, like Peter said before, it's a spectrum, mm -hmm. and I don't agree with all yeah. or nothing across the board. Sure. But I think, but I do think that there's something in saying that the millennials have been, have um, reintroduced society to mental health, Ooh. something that was yes. not looked upon in the older generations as much. It was rub some dirt on it and walk it off. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about millennials. So millennials came out of the Xers who were super cynical and they've taken on, they are the first generation to take on more stress and anxiety. They were the first generation to finally start embracing uh, therapy and, and mental health because there's so many problems. We were raised in, in a time of anxiety. Like we were the generation of Columbine and 9-11. We were recession, raised- Two recessions technically. And the recessions. And so we're living in a time where there's for once like the Gen X had the benefit of having these optimistic parents who reti were retiring and who were, you know, going to have Medicaid and have all these things they need. And then millennials are like, we don't see any of that shit for us. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of anxiety and there was a lot of um, issues with mental health that we've seen. Um, and and I'm going to dispel the one rumor that even I said at the beginning, which was the thought was they're lazy. They're not lazy. They viewed work in a very different fashion. They're some of the hardest working people, but they appreciate flexibility, work-life balance, and do they get intrinsic value out of what they're doing far more than the guy who worked at the steel mill for 40 years. But I don't think that that has changed. I mean, I feel that way, but the difference is... Well, you're just young at heart. I, mean, I am. You're 29, so I'm you're basically... 49. <laughs> Um, but the difference to me is, again, in the entitlement. Now, if I have a job, I'm going to expect that I have to be there on time. I got to do what they say the way they want it done. So I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do it. And, you know, that's it. And this generation, they want the workplace to change to fit them. And when you go into somebody else's house, you cannot expect that. And they really expect that. Rebuttal. <laughs> Um, do you, how I do you slightly view? agree. So I, I truly agree with the statement that both of you made earlier that we are a product of our parents. It depends on how you are raised and um, what respect has been 
passed down to you. I am, a, I feel like a very different millennial, but I do agree that I even have friends that are that way. I've be, always been a worker. I've always been, not always on time, but um, I, <laughs> ten, it's only 10 minutes. Um, but I do agree that a lot of millennials though, it's not necessarily we want a work-life balance. It's also that we want the top job without having to do to work to get there. You said it. But I personally do not feel like I am that person. I like to work hard. I like to see the success from all the efforts that I put in. But I do have a lot. I mean, I have. So I'm a middle child of three siblings. I have an older brother and a younger brother. And we're a total of maybe six years apart, all, all three of us. And there's very difference in our work ethics and just our respect level and so many things. We're all raised by the same parents. We raised in the exact same environment. It's just amazing, I guess, the mentality of what we think of the world in our beliefs of it. So I hope the cameras are still running because our crew just walked out on us. They didn't <laughs> like any of these answers. Mm -hmm. No, here, here's what I'll say about the millennials. I think millennials get a very bad rap. Mm -hmm. Try to put yourself in their shoes. They're the first generation who does not have the ability to aspire to own their own home, to own their own car. Yep. They have crippling financial uh, school uh, student loan debt. And to try to dream of that American dream future that the boomers and the Xers had more easily attainable, they don't have that. They were the first generation to have their dreams crushed. I go into the workforce and the and the bubble happens two years after that. There is nowhere to go. I do not believe that. I don't think that they're that they feel like their dreams are crushed. Studies have shown absolutely that. I feel do. like there's a sense of that. I also feel like you made the comment that there's a lot of 30-year-olds living at home nowadays. I think that's because the cost of living got out, so out of control so quickly and that we're just expected to always continue to follow the same path everyone else did, and it doesn't work that way Millennials anymore. are the first generation to not out-earn their parents, even though inflation has risen mm -hmm. at, at uh, I mean, just like astounding levels. Millennials get a bad rap because millennials have decided – if I can't have money, I should at least enjoy my time on Earth. Yes. And I don't think there is anything wrong with that. I now, really agree. Is that all millennials? No. I have mostly millennials working for me. Brittany's a millennial. I still oftentimes see myself as a millennial. I'm married to a millennial. None of them fit that bill of lazy or entitled. All of them fit that bill of if I'm going to do some work, it needs to matter. If I'm not going to get rich, I need to enjoy my time on this planet. And so... I'm going to go to band practice after work, and so don't ask me to stay late. I mean, literally conversations we have. And to me, if you don't have that mental health balance, you're yeah. going to lose your shit. Yeah. I feel like we also had, so my personal experience is that my parents have provided. They didn't always have the best upbringing, their childhood and the rest of their life, but they made sure that we did. They worked their asses off to give us everything they didn't have. And I feel like it almost hurt us to a, to a point exactly. because I never went without. I knew if I failed this or I lost all the money in my account and I had nothing, I could go home. My mom and dad, that's a great feeling, but it's also it's my crippling. little brother. It has, <laughs> he is one who is, which he's looking at military now. So he's doing good. Love him to death if he hears this. Um, but he's the one who is 26 years old, still at home, has, doesn't really have a career choice, not sure what he wants to do because why? Mom and dad do everything for him. Where yeah. I've just, I guess, had that go, that drive of I want my own, whereas I see the younger generations, they're more at home, they're okay with, yeah, I want to live life you never know about tomorrow, which I agree with, but you still need money to, to live life. <laughs> that so, came from somewhere. What? That, that idea of, oh, just live life from where you know, 
Where did it come around from? you all's generation that stemmed from it? It came from before Peter's generation. There were people in earlier generations who were dreamers and who saw the the possibilities in the American dream. Gen X is repeating. History will always repeat itself, and I truly believe that a lot of Gen Xers, because they're trying to bring back all the old stuff that's cool nowadays, Z. or I'm sorry, Gen Zers. Millennials are also illiterate, which is why the <laughs> letters confuse X, her. X, Y, Z, what the hell ever. <laughs> <laughs> they also are so many damn generations, and they all are so close. X, Y, Z, pick a better word, like T, F, L, or something, my goodness. <laughs> F, M, L. So before, before I, I jump into Z, I do want to give the floor back to Tamika for a second. I, w I was refuting what you were saying, but that doesn't mean what you're saying doesn't have value. Why do you believe that they are more entitled or why there is that uh, stereotype that millennials don't want to work as hard and they just want to have things handed to them? Because remember, it was like they want participation trophies, right? Right, right, right. But that is, again, that's our fault. People went overboard instead of, you know, when you stay right in the middle, things tend to work out a little bit better. You know, you keep your kids coddled and you want to give them everything, but then when you turn them out into the world, they don't know how to do shit. Yeah. So, I mean, wh whose fault is it? Is it mine or is it yours? Depends but how old your parents were, because I'm still the parent, <laughs> I'm still the child, the product of boomers, and a couple of my siblings are like very much prototypical millennials, I would say. Um, and then my two siblings are more Gen X. But you were saying something about you don't think their dreams are crushed. No, because, um, you know, everything now, when you open up your phone and you look at your Instagram app, everybody is rich, everybody is traveling. But do you think they buy fake. into that? Their That's own fucking boss. fake. That it shit's is very fake. fake. That but fake. I think they know it's fake. They, <laughs> they buy into it. Yeah. I, I have a son who was 23 years old. He's an entrepreneur. He's a college graduate. He works for me, too. He says that he has to take breaks from social media because he gets depressed, mm -hmm. feeling like he's behind. The FOMO? Yeah, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm saying you are a college oh, FOMO graduate. FOMO is something that business. millennials invented. It's fear of I missing guess. out. Okay. Right. The <laughs> um, yeah, other direction needs to know that one, not this one. <laughs> well, you're right, because I didn't know what he you was didn't talking hear about. <laughs> I said FOMO. Oh, yeah. FOMO, thank not you. Mofo, not MoFo, oh, not MoFo. That's, different. that's no. different? Not MoFo. Okay. <laughs> that's oh, what whatever. we know. We know MoFo. And, and see, and I think this is an interesting dynamic because you have the gen, you have somebody in the older generation, and I do it too, where you go, well, they have it easier than we did, or they understand they have this more. It worse why than we did? Way but worse. But they do have it worse, and I think that's. Yeah. I think it's. Again, this all comes down to empathy and understanding. And I see. I'm lucky because I feel like if I were born even five years later, I would not be where I am today in life. Not just like in my career and stuff, but I mean, I bought a house right before the bubble burst. A few years later, I may have never bought my first house. I may have been too scared to ever enter the market, yeah. but because I was the product of boomers, it was like, yeah, you own a house, you own a car, mm -hmm. you get married. That's what None you of do. those worked out well, but you know, it happened. So but, but you're still pushing because mm -hmm. you were raised well. Because, because I was raised by boomers because I'm still equally X and Y and I have no respect for Gen Z. So when, <laughs> when we, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> and, and, and this is a perfect representation of Gen Z. I don't care what you think of me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And but really, they do. 
Of course they can. And because that is the most. Because that's they're why human. Media is so fake. That's exactly so, right. So, Listen. Brittany, keep going with that. So when you hear Gen Z, you think of somebody who's super sensitive. Super sensitive. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yes. They're, Gen Z, I feel like, is very... Um, PC. Everybody has to be very politically correct. God forbid we hurt someone's damn feelings right. nowadays. You can't smack your fucking kid. You can't. It is seriously. And then they make up these words nowadays. I don't know what they mean. It's, yeah. It, He's just having a field day with this. He just came here to watch the show. And that is totally a Gen Z. -er. You know why? Because they invented people watching other people watching other people play fucking video games. And that is... That is the downfall of society. And I will Boom. say, though, boomers, I think, are resourceful, but so are Gen Zers. They do make some something out of nothing, man. They have made, <laughs> like, the people watching, they also are another, I think, trendsetter, too, where it's now the next version of we've kind of lived through the millennials. We didn't no, do a whole lot. No, but their trends are not lasting. I, and this is the, this is the problem. The, the trends that you make. They gonna last. There's no substance behind them. That's my me. my wife and I did a test where she decided to eat a chamoy pickle, which was a trend on TikTok. You can make quality content like this show, and if you're lucky in modern day to you know if you if you're in your first season of a podcast and you launch it, and the day of the release you get like 25 listens, you're doing okay for a you know a non-famous person starting a podcast. Her pickle video within like 48 hours got over 400,000 views and like 14,000 <laughs> likes. You can see us on TikTok at I don't even fucking know. Uh, that's how important TikTok is. Thank God. <laughs> but that's the point. And, and, and those of you who watched it, thank you. Just keep watching, subscribe. I don't give a shit. People make money off that nowadays though. Eating a pickle. It scares me a little bit about our attention span. And I understand. Yeah. I probably have more of an attention span like like a millennial than I do Gen X, mm -hmm. but within reason. I still care about story. I still care about context. Source. I want, I want to source. Thank <laughs> That's you. That's because your background, though. Uh, no, I would say I would say people in my age group okay. feel the same way. I'm not. I mean, I, I'm honest. If, if somebody sends me a video and I'm not entertained after about 30 seconds, I, I move on unless it's something <laughs> really important. So, I mean, I do have bad habits in that way, but. I do feel like Gen Z, so we're beating up on Gen Z. Let's keep beating up on him for a minute. And he loved, Gen Z is a bunch of masochists who loves punishment. They weren't spanked enough by those millennials. Yeah, right? My goodness. It's your fault. <laughs> I got no kids. You ain't my kid. So when I think of Gen Z, I, I, I actually tend to think more of hope. Gen Z is more like Gen X than they are millennials. I agree. Even though some of the usage and some of the slang and all the shit is, oh is similar, yeah. they are, I think, a little bit more individualistic than, than the millennials. But because we all laid the groundwork, the millennials, as much as, like, no, no generation is all good or all bad, right? The good part of the millennials is they took on the brunt of the work so Z had a chance. Yeah, you guys have it easy. You guys us, have you're to, welcome. You guys have to clean up our mess. Yeah. But they, I mean, they carried the cross, so so you guys had a chance at a future. Mm -hmm. They took the mess and refurbished it and DIY'd it into whatever the hell they did nowadays. And made a video that got fourteen thousand <laughs> yeah, likes. Yeah, pretty much. There you go. So I don't see much hope. Peter, how about you? How 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 old is the youngest? Depending on where you look, Gen Z is born between ninety five and two thousand twelve. There's 50 years between you 12, and Pat so right 10. now. 10 years old. Is that what you're saying? As 
as the young as, as young as 10 years old. And as old as what? 23, 24. Okay, so my eldest granddaughter is is up to, towards the top of that zone. And I'm scared as hell for her and her sibs and her, and her cousins. Um, but my hope, you used the word hope a minute ago, and that's something that is very important to me because I think we screwed third base up so bad nobody can play it. Um, we have um, abdicated from, from leadership roles. We have uh, betrayed the trust that's been placed in the older, older generation. Um, and um, I think politics absolutely is so screwed up that nobody can play third base. Um, those people won't even, not only will they not talk to each other, but um, they vilify each other to the extent that nothing going to get done. And I'm not sure that your generations haven't been polluted badly enough that you're going to be able to figure it out. But my, my granddaughter's generation, they've had to live through continuing, ongoing, let's shoot up a school every week. And my hope is that they will finally go, this is shit. We, we've got to change the way we're not doing things. And we're going to fix you know, the, the gun problem and some of the other inequities uh, in our system. Yeah, well, they have to. I mean, this is a pretty good representation of the voting public in America, but the large majority of the people who get voted in look like Peter. Boom, <laughs> and that's a problem. It's a big problem. And 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 uh, they have very little faith in the political system as it is. So my hope is they good. dismantle the shit out. Yeah, of it. Amen. I think the bigger issue too is even if they don't look like Peter, they doesn't matter about the everyday public. They're filling their pockets. Yeah, they yeah. they act like it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say too. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> I just want to let everyone know, Pat's cheesing <laughs> like big bet. He's loving all of this shit. <laughs> big bet. I'm a goofy person, but like she hit it on the nail. We make nothing out of something they said there's no substance there is your ass better look for it you can't depend on the radio to look for good music there's the internet search for it we still make substance we still take even all the bad and take the little of it and make some out of it even with all the technology but make it so much so that we take like the internet or different sounds and make something beautiful you would think it was an instrument Say, for example, this microphone right here, I can have like a, let's say I have equipment, music equipment, right? I can make my voice into an instrument and make it something beautiful to where you would have thought it was an instrument, but it wasn't. And that's just using what we already have. I mean, I would say I had the best of all worlds because my father was born in 1939. And my family history tree is kind of weird. And my mom was born in 63. So I had some of his influence, had my mother's influence, I have siblings who were Gen X, my sister millennial. So I had a mixture of both. My, my upbringing was a little more old school, you know? Mm -hmm. I didn't get a whooping, but my dad would yell to the point you would have thought he whooped you. <laughs> That's, you know, Sometimes you those are worse than a, a physical when a whooping. Father, when he, he doesn't have to raise his voice, but that firm, silent, you know, it's like, no. It's like, I'm sorry, <laughs> sort of deal. But, um. I mean, we really, yeah, we have our mess ups. 
I'll admit sometimes I feel like a boomer. It's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> shut up. Like, it's not about you. Get off my lawn. Like, you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But get off my gram. <laughs> <laughs> but we we were born into this. And we were born into the trash. Like you I, guys one were thing, born in, in a dystopian future. I, one you thing really I were. I'll you know this is candid. So this candid. So I'll be brutally honest. One thing I despise when I hear boomers, even Xers, they say things like, "Oh, these were the good old days. The world was so peaceful." How do you define the world? Because if you're saying the mid-70s, mid to late 70s was so peaceful, what do you think about the Cambodia genocide? Where kids were seeing their parents get their heads blown off. Or, oh, the 60s were so peaceful. If you were white. Well, you know what I'm saying? Or the 50s were so peaceful. What about Emmett Till? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you define the world? Because other places in the world, it wasn't the same. And it seems as if, well... Oh, great for you. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, you, you, your neighborhood was all cool. Whereas I walk down the street and someone who looks just like me, I don't know if they're going to say what's up and they're gonna put a gun to my head. You know what I'm right. saying? Or I was actually like my make own that existence, point. you know, questioning my own existence at such a young age. It's like where well, everything sucks. And every time we try to do something good, it's like it falls to crap. So why should I care, you know? There was other problems I had as a teenager with other family issues, but that's what I saw around, you know, when I was growing up. I had friends I was sitting in the library with and I would see their wrists and them cutting their own wrists. And I'm thinking, why do you do that? It's like they're telling me, well, my parents got divorced. Dad's an alcoholic. This this helps the pain. I've gotten to a point where I'm more numb now. It's like even with mental health, like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People just didn't talk about it. And I had generations older than me, you didn't talk about it. And then you look and they're looking at Pull you like- Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, be a yeah, man. Yeah, and right? they're looking at you like you're crazy. It's like, well, you know, I'm effed up, <laughs> just yeah. like My you. My question is, then when like, when did cutting, so I, two things. So one, I do agree about the neighborhood thing. I was going to make that point when we were talking about 30-year-olds still living at home, that it actually also depends on where you live. People in East Cleveland versus kids in Strongsville are not living the same life. You know, right. They don't have the same growing up. Right. Um, they also, what I, my question would be is, when did like the self-harming really start? Because I feel like older generations, you, Gen you dealt with it. You're, you're fucking, not really, you dealt with it. You know, I'm, my, someone's parents got to divorce or this and that happened okay life kind of moves on i when did i feel like the generation get real sensitive and bring it on to themselves instead of just social media and the internet the world. has changed yeah. all of that, that. Yeah. it is it, that is the difference because none of your experiences are new my grandmother used to say mm -hmm. ain't nothing new under the sun right Everybody, every human being experiences the same emotions. I think Gen X started with the self-harm stuff Probably. to answer your question. But okay. it's there was no light shown on it. Okay. Because of no technology. Okay. If we had internet, I could see that, yeah. you know, and uh, the ability gotcha. to, to see other people's experiences, mm -hmm. then, you know... Because I see, yeah, I feel like I see it way more at the younger generation right. nowadays, and that's a right. good point now, of it's because If somebody it's in my class was cutting themselves, yeah. it wouldn't be an the epidemic. The parents would make up a story about it, and they right. would just say something It wasn't something talked else. about. Right. It was not, mental health was not talked about. Yeah. Because even as I was growing up, it was still like, no, you got to pull your pants up and be mm -hmm. a man. Mm -hmm. How do you define your generation beyond 
I, I guess in the positive light, how do you define your generation? <laughs> I would say that in spite of all the BS, we still see the light at the end of the tunnel. In spite of all of it, there's still a light. You have you run into people who are similar to you. So you tend to see, you know, like she said, nothing's new under the sun, but there are people who've gone through similar things you've gone through, who've experienced some of the things you've experienced. So you do see that light and the wanting, the willingness to not just change the things around you, but to change yourself. It's a common thing in my generation. We say we're trying to break generational curses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we want to do. Mm -hmm. That is like a motivation. You know, I don't want to drink the way my father drunk. I don't want to smoke the way other people smoked or get hooked on drugs. I've Mm -hmm. seen too many friends who got hooked on drugs. No, that's not cool. It's just not, it's not cool or just having sex whenever. Like, no, you know, they say we're very, you know, sexualized, always having sex, which the meat, you know what I'm saying? The media we consume is very society we live in now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very over-sexualized. I don't know what specific study it was, but it was a study that says my generation has less sex than other generations before. Like you respect you your say, bodies more. You got too many. You got too many choices on who having sex with who and how they having it. <laughs> That's why you have it. You have You can't pick one. The point I'm trying to make is like just screwing somebody just to screw them. Like, nah. Or having sex with multiple people, or having all the girls like you see in the rap videos, or like that. Shit's not cool anymore. Well, like no, there's there's definitely more respect, not just more respect, but like more embracing of people different than you in mm-hmm. general. Like that's what I admire about your generation. You're far more accepting of other people. You're far more like as much as everyone's like, oh, they're so fragile. I don't mm-hmm. see. I don't always see it as fragile. Of course, there's gonna be those people who are. I see it as people who uh, are more in tune and aware of like how their actions impact other people around them. When I think of Gen Z, I should have said this earlier, I think of the word, I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine too. Or you're going to get canceled. Yeah. Oh my God, the My kids culture. tell me that all the time. You're going to get canceled, mommy. Uh, you say anything. But it's usually not Gen Z who's actually offended. I think they try to attribute it to Gen Z. Yeah. I think it's Gen Z who actually will say something like, Maybe you shouldn't have said that because of this. Yeah, I think it's an awareness thing, but they 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 try to put it in in a bucket and say you're just easily offended. Shoot, some of it's millennials. Yeah, I, shit, you can't talk. There's some I mean, let's be honest. I, yeah, I think it is. It's I think it's a lot millennial. Yeah. I also think the Karens we, are Gen X. There's nah, a lot of some, Karen Gen Xers. Nah. Yes. Well, I'm gonna tell you. Sometimes my kids call me a Karen, but I don't care. <laughs> You just asked to see their manager. That's right. That's yeah, right. that's true. Karens are definitely the older, they're 50s. Yeah, they're my parents' age. Yeah. They're Gen I'm, X. I'm a semi-Karen sometimes. It just depends yeah. on the situation. But <laughs> I think we all got a little Karen in us. Yeah. <laughs> but I think millennials are extra sensitive and they get offended too easily. See, I think... What I just did was thinking it was Gen Z, where it's really kind of the generation before them, where I'm almost thinking Tamika's thinking it's millennials, even though it's and a generation. Peter thinks you're far too sensitive. <laughs> Not me, honey. But really, it's Matt. <laughs> now, I, I don't think it's the people at this table is what yeah, it is, but I think, I think each generation has 
boundaries that are different mm-hmm. from the one before. Mm-hmm. And as yeah. as people, we typically see, you know, if you're a junior in high school, you're like, freshman sucks, our right. boys suck. <laughs> yeah. And the yes. seniors are hazing you, and then you become yeah. a senior and you haze the ones. We're always gonna be very critical of the ones that came before us, because it's like, back in the day, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. And the ones who come after you, are like, they have no idea how good mm-hmm. they have it. And every one of us sitting at the table has thought that, not necessarily of the people we're sitting next to, mm-hmm. but, but other people who might fill those chairs. Yes. Um, there are times where I want to be an Xer because I'm like, fuck millennials. And there's a time where I want to be a millennial and I'm like, I hate Gen X. Like, I'm not that old, I swear. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I think, I think the takeaway from this is, one, I got to hear some really important insight to how you guys view yourselves. And no one here is a prototypical anything. But... I do have hope for the future, and I do think while some of the older generations, at least for my seat, get a bad rap, there's so much there's so much good that we can also reap from those things. And the question is, how do we understand uh, first, first, first identify, and then understand, and then accept the ways we are different, mm-hmm. but then move to the ways we're we're all the same. Mm-hmm. And um, I love some of the things that you said today, you know, because it, it gives me hope. So what, you know, how can we focus on the things that make us all the same and move that into the future and, and make life better? I agree. We all live in the same country. Why not make it better for everyone? And the same world. Yeah. In the same world. And, and, and that's the same blue ball. Yeah. How do, how do we save it? And, and I'll say, I think the way we save it is we don't stop having candid conversations mm-hmm. with an open mind and not on social media. Social media has been the downfall of our entire system. Mm-hmm. But I literally have friends that, mm-hmm. that run this gamut from both sides of the table. Yeah. And my life, I feel like that's why I'm a good cusper. I don't fit in anywhere because my life is that much more enriched by having people mm-hmm. on both sides, by having people who are from different um, experiences and different backgrounds. And I think that's the trick. I think mm-hmm. the problem was, especially during COVID, we all stopped talking. Oh, that and really we all hurts. started taking sides on stuff and we started slinging shit. Yeah. So to me, that's the answer. Yeah. So call me. Don't text. <laughs> And say more than just cool, bro. Cool, bro. Well, thank you guys all for being here. This has been an awesome conversation. I I am leaving here more hopeful, and I have learned some things from all of you. So I appreciate your candor, and I appreciate your honesty, and and for taking a beating here and there. As you know, I brought the belt back out like my uh, like my parents before me. Uh, thank you so much, and thank you for watching. You can check out all of our stuff at thegoingtherepodcast.com, where you have links to all of our social, to all of the platform streamers. And then, of course, you can see us now on YouTube. So go to our YouTube page, check us out, subscribe, tell your friends, tell everyone, and, uh, you know, send a smoke signal to the boomers or, you know, send a weird mega text to the Z, page the X or whatever you want to do. Thank you for tuning in. While you're at it, give us a rating. Share with a friend and subscribe. And if you're interested at checking out the modern music of Gen Z, check out our musician spotlight of this episode, Worth It Purchase. You can find them on all the streaming platforms as well as worthitpurchase.bandcamp.com. I can spend thinking if someone-
This podcast is made possible by its hosts and Frame One Media in association with Lindsay Baker, Joe Callie, and Bobby Thomas. 